Hey, Forexers, thanks for joining us again. So happy that you're here with us again. If you're listening in sequence, you're going to know that we are in a nine episode series that's covering the nine facets that need to be integrated and applied by all Forex agents in order to eventually enjoy the dream business. Now, just in case you missed the last one, make sure you go back and listen to the episode entitled, What is a Professional? And we'll play the quick intro and get right to it. Hi, I'm Kelly Johnston, founder of the Forex Formula. And the big question is this, how are real estate agents like us able to create a constant stream of commissions and a constant stream of leads while enjoying life without wasting big budgets on branding, without working crazy hours, without worrying where the next deal's coming from in today's real estate market? This podcast is here to reveal the answers. Okay, so today we're going to talk about item number two. A 4X agent is accountable. The first episode was clarifying what we define as professional. Can you imagine anyone who's deemed a professional without believing somewhat that they're accountable? Accountability is so, so, so important. And I'm going to talk about five things to focus on that I think may surprise you, actually. There's a lot of examples about accountability to share, but... I thought that I would talk about this subject matter because I want you to internalize how you can literally differentiate yourself by practicing these things, okay? And there's many more. Um, I can go on for hours and hours and hours on accountability, but I just chose to kind of talk about these facets of accountability. But what's the core of accountability in really like simple terms? Do what you say, right? Have you ever heard the, the expression, Action speaks louder than words. Or I can't hear what you're saying because your actions are so loud. (laughs) Now that should be simple, right? Have you ever dealt with someone who is that type of person? Like when they shook your hand and, and they just gave you a nod, looked you in the eyes, you just knew their word was good. Have you ever experienced where it was like really tough to honor your word? What happened? Did you figure out how to make it happen or did you end up disappointing someone? Have you ever trusted someone with their word and then they failed to honor their word, but afterwards they kind of explain the challenges that came up that limited their ability to honor their word and you're just kind of forced to accept that? How did you feel? How did you really feel? Like if you really think about it, even if it was totally understandable, how did you feel, right? Like you're still disappointed. Were you worried about them next time they made a commitment? Was it difficult to trust that they would come through the next time? It's a tough one, right? Is the excuse valid? Well, maybe. Does that make it all right? I don't know. Not really. Because this is the thing. Like we have this inner battle, this inner dialogue that that wants to give that person the benefit of the doubt, right? We inherently want to believe that they tried their hardest. But if you really break it down, a little tiny bit of damage has been done. A bit of trust has been chipped away. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about extenuating circumstances where where something major has occurred that's beyond the control of everyone involved. I'm talking about major disaster type stuff, either a major life or death event or natural disaster or something so extreme that we even may have been affected by the issue or event or disaster of some sort. I mean, it's hard to be true to your word sometimes, right? You know, I would say about 15 years ago, I had a situation where I gave a few people my word. I'm not going to get into all the logistics and all the background and stuff, but these people invested and I personally, verbally guaranteed to them 
that they would not be at risk. Now, the truth is, I was very green at the time. I didn't analyze things properly. And anyway, the investment went bad. The company went out of business due to some very unforeseen circumstances that were out of our control, totally out of our control. We were dealing with licensing issues and permitting issues that were stuck in a vortex of bureaucracy and it financially crippled the company to the point that the ripple effects eventually drowned the resources and the company. They just couldn't. It, we just couldn't sustain any longer. And the knowns became unknowns. And then suddenly the money dried up. Company had to fold. It was horrible. It was stressful. Anyway, by the way, it was not real estate related. <laughs> so one of the lessons here is invest in what you know and what you understand. That was a huge lesson for me. Anyway, but here's the point. I could have easily said to everyone, sorry, man, you lost. You made an investment. Didn't work out. But I gave my word. So I had to honor it. Those people got paid back. Now, now, here's the thing. I lost way more money than any of those people. I was the biggest loser because not only did I lose my money, but I paid back their money. And so it was like a triple whammy to me. And there was no benefit to me other than my word and my honor had to stay intact. But to me, it was worth it. I had an out. I could have just simply shrugged my shoulders and said, sorry, man, but I didn't. I found a way. It wasn't right away. But at the end of the day, I believe that everyone that I made a promise to was made whole. So being accountable can be very simple. It can be very simple. Just be true to your word. But sometimes it's really hard. But, you know, in the difficult times, that's when we're tested. It's the difficult times that we are tested in that, right? My business partner in our real estate company totally bailed out on me during the tough times in 2010. Three years in, he just left me. He left me alone to fulfill everything, all the obligations and promises and everything that we had to do for running the company, even the debt uh, that the company accumulated because of the, the tough times of 2008. Um, he left because it was hard. It was stressful. It was tough. Yeah, it totally was. But then it became doubly tough for me because now I had to support my family and the company and run everything and stress out about everything and then everything else that was going on. So, but the thing is, I now know I can never, ever count on that person. Ever again. He's not part of my life anymore. Now, I don't I don't carry any ill will towards him or anything like that. Whatever. He had his reasons. It's all good. But I will never do business with him. And I know his word is not true. Your character is shown during the tough times, not the easy times. He really seemed like a stand-up guy during the good times when money was rolling in. But that's simple. Anybody could do that. That's why accountability and trust is so revered in our society today. What does your word mean? When you make a commitment, verbal or otherwise, and the terms of that are remembered properly, like <laughs> that's a whole other issue, right? But how do you honor that when it gets hard? Sometimes I, t I say this to people. All right, take money out of the situation. Erase the money part of the equation right now. Just take that out for a second. Now think about everything and decide what the right thing to do is. What about this? Here's one of the biggest examples that I could think of. How easy... Is it to get divorced these days? I deal with it all the time. I literally received a phone call today from a longtime client who just dropped the news on me that he and his wife are getting divorced. Now it's becoming more and more acceptable and people think of it as a normal thing now. It shouldn't be, should it? I, I'm not putting myself as judge and jury here. I, I, I know that there are extenuating circumstances sometimes, but I know for a fact that more often than not, people seem to diminish the weight of those words that commitment that they made to that person on their wedding day, those vows, those sacred vows, the ring, it's a symbol of a never-ending circle. No way out, right? 
the significance of that seems to fade away over time. And the gravity of that just seems to lighten because our society says it's okay. You know, here's some stats. The divorce rate in Canada is at 38% right now. 38%. I just looked it up. More than one in three marriages are going to end in divorce. That's alarming. In the U.S., it's reported that it's estimated to be between 40 and 50%. Extenuating circumstances? Fear for their lives? Abuse? Drug abuse? I mean, can that contribute to 40 to 50% of marriages? I mean, I understand there's some harsh things, right? But come on. The idea of accountability and the rules of commitment are slowly but drastically changing in our society. And I say no. No. Stop it. Get back to the basics. Let's bring the line of normalness for accountability back to where it's supposed to be. Lawyers make mountains of money arguing over the gray area, finding outs and confusing the intent of original agreements. I mean, this is scary. Don't you agree? There's a reason that our contracts have gone from one page to 11 pages in a lot of cases now. We have to take away the ambiguity and and we try to clog up all the holes that the legal system can find, right? With our clauses and terms. By the way, this is another reason that realtors can't totally be replaced, by the way. There's always going to be a need for a realtor just for this reason alone. So it's kind of good. But at the same time, we got to talk about accountability. There is no, there's a no but, there's a no only if right? There's no conditions to a marriage vow or a promise or true commitment. Once that commitment has been made, you have to honor it. That's why there's so little trust in our society today. This spills into so many other aspects of our lives, how our children view accountability and commitments, jobs, agreements, promises, verbal agreements, even written agreements have all these imaginary conditions on them now. No wonder we have all these insecure and confused kids growing up in our world who can they trust look at their examples the people that they revere and hold up to higher standards are all over the all over the news and the media right now and and facebook and all over the place and their heroes are constantly getting divorced or cutting getting caught messing around or or whatever right it's becoming acceptable because oh those are heroes they're they're like a wonderful people and they're, they're so great at what they do that, yeah, you could just kind of forgive that, right? Don't get me wrong. I'm not sitting here on my high horse judging anyone. I'm simply trying to, I'm just trying to point out where our influences are, how, how we are as a whole getting programmed. We're, we're all getting programmed, how we kind of get numb to things, how we inadvertently change, how we tolerate things in our society. If anyone's gone through a divorce, listen, I'm not judging you. I, I, I want to make that clear. It's not fun. I know it's stressful. You may have had a good reason. I, I'm not here to make you feel badly about that or, or argue what's a good reason, what's a bad reason. That's not my intent. But let's just get back to accountability. I'm just trying to make a case for the understanding that, guys, this is really important. And because it's so out there in society where people just get off the hook all the time, I just want to say to you that this is actually a huge differentiator if you become that person that people can trust what's the root of accountability can people count on you so with that in mind let's get to some specifics what are some areas of your real estate business that you could focus on okay here's number one be on time just be on time now that should be really simple right to be honest this is something that i struggle with a lot my mind is programmed to think that it's actually a waste of time to be early (laughs) <laughs> I, I always I think like it's unproductive time to me I know it sounds weird but that's something that I have to work on 
Be on time. People need to count on you. If you make an appointment, make it on time and show that you have respect for the people that you're meeting. If you're stuck in traffic, okay, that's fine, but let them know that you're behind. Accidents happen and that can make you late, but as long as the people know that you're making them a priority, but something happened beyond your control, then the relationship can be preserved. It breeds security into the relationship if people always know that you show up on time. Give yourself enough time to make sure you get there on time. And I'm being honest, this is something I struggle with. I really do struggle with this one, but I do know that people always need to know that they can count on you. It's, It's the first kind of level of trust. Always be on time. Number two, do what you say you're going to do. I'll get that info to you by noon tomorrow. Get it done. Get it to them by noon. These are the building blocks of trust that you need to earn with your clients, coworkers, peers, family members, friends, etc. Sometimes it's hard. I get it. Things pop up. Other urgent things can come in front of you that you need to suddenly take care of. But you have to deliver on time or earlier and deliver quality information that's complete and personalized to them. Do what you say that you're going to do and do it well. Do it better. Sometimes people make too many promises. So when you make a commitment, ensure that you're able to meet that commitment. Just making a bunch of promises so that people think that you're a good guy or gal can actually damage your relationship and crumble trust if you aren't able to meet those commitments. So don't be so quick to tell people what they want to hear. Sometimes you have to tell them an answer that they may not like as much so that you can make sure that you can actually honor the commitment. You know, Mary, I I just ah, I just don't think I'm going to be able to get that to you until Wednesday. But I promise that I'm going to get it to you by the afternoon on Wednesday. I want to make sure that I can put aside the time properly so I can get that done for you in a quality way so you can rely on that information. So I'm sorry that I can't get it to you by Tuesday or tomorrow. But you know what, uh, if I can, like I'll, I'll try if I can, but I, you know what, I don't want to guarantee it. I'm going to get it to you by Wednesday. How's that sound? Is that okay? Thank you for understanding. I appreciate it. I just want to make sure I get it right for you. Here's another example. A client calls you and wants to meet with you today. So you're already in your day, right? And you have a time slot available. There's kind of like a little uh, a kind of empty time in between things. So you actually have a time slot available that, that you could fit that meeting into, right? So what do you do? You're instinctively inclined to make them happy and meet them today because that's what they're asking you to do and it's convenient for them. Your day is booked otherwise in other meetings and events. Now I'm going to ask you this question. Is it good to fit that meeting in? Sometimes, but I would contest sometimes it's actually not a good idea to do that because how are you going to be prepared for that meeting properly? When you do a listing presentation and you make commitments on what you will do for the seller, do you guarantee that in writing? Do you have a system in place to ensure that they get done? Are they done well? Are they done great? I've spoken to many people that are constantly disappointed when the realtor doesn't do the things that they promised to do when they listed the property. And sometimes they actually promise to do them, but they don't really do them well. We go over this in the course. All right, so this leads us to our next item, and this is going to fall into the last thing we are just talking about. Number three, be prepared. This is one thing that I know a lot of real estate agents fall down. They're going to, they book meetings and then they show up unprepared. I can't tell you how many times that I've shown up to a meeting and people are impressed at how prepared I am. Believe it or not, it becomes a huge differentiator. Isn't that crazy? But it shows accountability. It shows that they can count on me. They can rely on the fact that I didn't just show up all frazzled to the meeting. 
They know that I'm relaxed. I'm prepared for the meeting. I know the information that I want to get across to these people. I've taken the time to think things through a bit and I have a plan for the meeting. Who is in control in these circumstances? Me. Now, sometimes I show up to a meeting and the house, the product is totally different than I was expecting. Now that happens. And I have to tell these people that I have to do more research. So I tell them, listen, um, this is a little bit different. I didn't realize that you finished off this area and oh my gosh, you totally did an awesome renovation here. Or sometimes I have to gently say, um, you know, I have to think about how people are going to view this or how the buyer is going to view this. I may have to go back and do a little bit more information because maybe the place looks a lot worse than I thought. But I have to tell these people that I have to do more research so that they have proper information to rely upon in those cases. And that does happen. We teach about this stuff in the Forex Formula Real Estate course, how to prepare for meetings in advance to try and minimize this possibility. So we talk about that and we have some tools for that and that stuff. Be prepared. Now, if you're booking a meeting that same day when you're already working your day, does that give you an opportunity to be properly prepared? Honestly, I would rather put the appointment off. I'll go into an appointment prep interview mode and I I get as much information as possible and I book the meeting at a later date, maybe the next day. So that I can be prepared. How about this? When should you prepare? I have a rule. I prepare for meetings a minimum the day before the meeting date. That way I'm always ready. My file is ready. My research is ready. My handouts are all ready in the folder that I give them. And and all I need to do is grab the file, head to the meeting. And that leaves me time to be ready for other opportunities that come to me. When a new opportunity comes to me during the day of an appointment, I can book a meeting for the next day or so, right? And I now have time to prepare for it today. Be prepared. If I'm stressed out about getting the stuff ready for the meetings that I have today, if I'm all stressed, oh gosh, I got got all these meetings today and I got to prepare for them all today, I'm going to miss out on opportunities and hurt my chances for more business. And something is going to happen. I'm going to let somebody down. Something's going to get missed. Something's going to fall through the cracks. Not on purpose, but it's going to happen. So often... We will blame the craziness or the, or the stress or the busyness that's happening. We, we blame that, right? But we can avoid all of that by being prepared. Here's a quote from John Dilem. Accountability separates the wishers in life from the action takers that care enough about their future to account for their daily actions. Accountability separates the wishers in life from the action takers that care enough about their future to account for their daily actions. Here's another one I'm just adding in actually. Pay your bills on time. Number four, pay your bills on time. Pay people on time. Don't incur the bill unless you intend to pay it right away and on time and in full. Make sure you're paying a fair price. Don't hammer on people to give you a good deal or get that service provider to give you a discount. Honestly, this is not where you exercise your negotiation skills. If you're out of survival and in Thrive, you don't care about saving 50 bucks, 20 bucks, 10 bucks, $100. Just pay the bill. Pay them what they're worth. This is not where you exercise negotiation skills. I don't believe in that, honestly. Would you like to do business with these people in the future? Do you think there's a chance that if they feel good about you, that they may want to maybe employ your services? How do you think that the commission talk will go if you beat them up on price, (laughs) right? I actually say these words sometimes. If someone is feeling like they have to offer me a great price or I notice them struggling with that, I, I kind of say this to them. Listen, just charge me what's fair. Don't, don't, don't give me, and they start to do it and they start, you can see they're struggling. Ah, oh, should I give this guy a deal? And I'm like, you know what? Just charge me what's fair. Charge me what you charge everybody else. It's all good, man. 
I want to make sure that they walk away from the transaction feeling fulfilled. I get business from these people all the time because I pay my bills in full right away and I always pay the fair price. I may even overpay sometimes, but I get a lot of business from these people because they see me as a fair-minded individual and because I pay them well, they want to give me business. When I list their home, I get full commission. There's no argument because they know I didn't try to get a deal out of them. I didn't hammer them. So all the people that I do business with or I pay for different services or whatever, I get a landscaper to come out. Every single one of these people are an opportunity for more business. And because they're business people, they're running into people all the time, all the time. And if I'm making five to 10 to 15 grand on a transaction, am I really worried about a hundred bucks? $200, $500, $50, $10. Like, honestly, that's not going to change my life. It's not going to do anything. But what will change my life and help my life be easier and less stressful is having business come to me from service providers around me. So think about that. Think outside of that. Think about abundance. Don't think about restrictive stuff. If 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 your fist is closed, it's not open for opportunity. Okay, here's the last one. Here's the last one. And you know what? Out of all of these, these are all super important things. And there's so many more. There's so many more we can talk about. We just don't have enough time. But this one I find is the one that is the most important. Be accountable to yourself. This is crucial to your success. This is number five. Be accountable to yourself. This is where a lot of people struggle. Here's a quote from Joseph Fort Newton. A duty dodged is like a debt unpaid. It's only deferred and we must come back and settle the account at last. A duty dodged is like a debt unpaid. It's only deferred and we must come back and settle the account at last. All you are doing is snow plowing what needs to be done and making the mountain of undone things or actions seem more and more difficult to overcome. You just create your own mountain. You just create another challenge you got to overcome because you didn't do the thing. You know what I mean? In our Forex formula course, we train our Forex agents on all aspects of real estate and we hold ourselves accountable to a higher level. Be accountable. Some people are very accountable to other people. Some people do all of these things that I just talked about. They're always prepared. They're always on time. They do what they say. They pay their bills on time and in full quickly. They are people that can be counted on. And, and, and they're great at that. And they're seen, to, they're seen to be awesome. And people think they're great. And that's, that's great. But they're, they're defaulting their own, they're, they're faulting their own success or, or they're, they're uh, I'm using the wrong word, but whatever. They forget about another person. They forget about themselves. They sacrifice themselves sometimes. I see it all the time. Why is that? We let ourselves off the hook a lot, don't we? This is where I think a lot of people give themselves a discount. It really bothers me. In all the years that I've been training agents, when I see it happen, it actually kind of makes me sad because I know how slippery the slope is. Once you begin to let yourself off the hook, it gets easier and easier to slide right back down the hill that you just started climbing. You kind of know what I mean? It actually takes you backwards. So anyway, we deal with this in the course because it's a huge game changer that people don't realize the whole fire and fizzle thing happens. So we do a lot of work on setting up the game plan. We hold you accountable to that plan and we help you execute the plan. That way, when you experience many successes along the way, you want to keep going. 
You end up creating new habits that are now ingrained in your brain and you'll accept nothing less from yourself. Then you build on that. And the next thing you know, you've literally transformed yourself into a new person who has a new set of standards and a new set of habits and a new set of thought patterns. And it's really hard to go backwards once that is solidified. And that gets me really excited when I think about that. Doesn't that get you fired up? It does for me. I know that we're going to help forward our cause of creating an army of four Xers out there doing awesome things in the real estate industry and changing how the public views the real estate professional. And I know this dream is going to become a reality and I'm excited. And I, you know, do you want to be part of it? Go to 4xformula.com. Keep listening. Our next episode is going to be on number three. A 4X agent is organized. Now, it seems like kind of an OCD type of thing. (laughs) But it means much, much more than that. It's amazing how efficient you can be when you're organized. It's amazing how more accountable you can be when you're organized. It's amazing how how more professional you can seem to people when you're organized. Have a great day. I so appreciate you listening to this podcast. Tell your friends and associates. Click on the comments. Give me a rating, please, if you're on iTunes. Otherwise, go out there and make a great day. Hey, I hope you enjoyed that last episode. Here's the reality that you may or may not know. The top 20% of real estate agents take home 80% of the money out there, while the bottom 80% are fighting over 20% of the scraps that are left. Do you have a desire to be in the top 20%? If you're working hard and not sustainably making six figures of income and beyond, the problem is not you, it's your system. I struggled for years until one day the light bulb came on and I figured out how to simplify the real estate business. If you want to learn my secrets that anyone can implement immediately that I still use every day that pays me multiple six figures every year, go to 4xformula.com right now. That's 4xformula.com. The number 4xformula.com.